Hey, this is Matthew Watson. And this is Jonathan Garrett. We're here to do the First Responder Bible Study. Join us as we talk about the future glory. Lord, thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for this time we have to come and meet and discuss your word. And uh, thanks for everybody on the fire department, the rescue squad, and everybody willing to sacrifice their time and potentially their health going out and serving in the community and being your hands and your feet. Lord, I pray for protection. Be with our law enforcement as they're out doing the same. And uh, just protect us, Lord. Keep us safe as we're out there. Uh, Lord, tonight we're going to talk about how great you are and how big you are and how powerful you are. And uh, just help us through this virus, Lord, to eradicate it and draw us closer to you and closer together um, as a result of it, Lord. Lord, we thank you for Easter and its true meaning. Easter's two days away. And uh, just thank you for your son's death, burial, and resurrection for saving our souls. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so we thought this was a good chapter to roll with, just with Easter right around the corner, with everything going on with the pandemic. So let's dive into it. I'm going to read it first, and then we'll break it down verse by verse and give us some practical application. Just that. Anyway, all right, verse 18. Consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of, the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. Verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he has predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called, those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who, <clears throat> he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Verse 33, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies it is he that condemns, Christ Jesus, who died for more than that, 
who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, uh, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right. So to break it down with some practical application, I, we just thought this was fitting with Easter right around the corner and uh, just really hits home with what's going on with the pandemic in our country right now and in our communities. So let's look at verse 18. So verse 18, consider that our present sufferings that are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. I put a little note down that says, God can use all things to bring him glory. So a lot of times we tend to get hung on the situation versus what God may be able to pull out of this. So I put, God can use anything to bring him glory, including the virus. Um, looking back on 9-11 and how that pulled communities together, pulled our country together. It was a tragic event. And even in the midst of disaster and in the midst of people sinning, God was able to unify people and bring himself glory through that. Verses 19 through 22. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, and hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So I put, we live in a broken and sinful world that needs Jesus. And what better time to just remind ourselves of where we are. I mean, we're in the midst of a pandemic, our economy's hurting, and uh, the reality of it is, you know, a lot of the things that tend to get our attention, you know, when things are running well, such as sports, finances, uh, going out to social gatherings, a lot of that's been taken away right now. What better time to prioritize and get back on the Lord than right now in the midst of this pandemic? It's obvious that our world's hurting. It's obvious that there's a lot of people out there that don't know the Lord. Look at how people are prioritizing, you know, people hear doom and gloom and they're, they're in the self-preservation mode. And uh, it, it's just obvious we got a lot of hurt people out there. And it's obvious we live in a broken world. And there's only one cure for it. And it's the one who restores and that's Jesus. Verse 23. Not only so. But we ourselves have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we eager as we wait eagerly for our adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies. I put a little note that says we are saved through Jesus. We are adopted and he has redeemed, redeemed us. So 
adopted that mean so in the midst of sin and you know our state that we were in it would have been it would have been awesome for God to just say well I'm going to bring you I, I won't send you to hell but I'll save you and I'll bring you in as my servant and you'll get to you know instead of being damned and going to hell forever you, you know, you'll at least get to serve me and do that. That that could have been one alternative God did, but God took it even a step further and said, not only am I, am I going to save you and rescue you from the punishment that you deserve, but I'm going to make you family and I'm going to adopt you. And uh, so it says, we're on 23. So it talks about adoption and uh, just we get to have we, you know, we get to be sons and daughters of the Lord Jesus, and uh, just what an honor that is. Because, like I said, it it would have been more than enough, more than we deserve, to just be able to be servants in His house. We we were that unfitting of that, and uh, the fact that He's going to take us and make us family. You know, we're not going to be good friends. We're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be servants. We're not going to just be somebody who gets to sweep the floor. We're, we're more than guests. We're family. He's making it, you know, he's preparing a place for us. He's preparing an inheritance for us. And, uh, and it's also humbling to think that, you know, even in the midst of all the stuff going on when, you know, your elders or other people don't hold up, you still got your heavenly father to look to for an example because people sin, people let you down, and uh, you've still got your heavenly father as an example. And he's adopted us and kind of going around in circles. But I just think it's a good point. I think it's a powerful point. Verses 24 and 25. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we will wait patiently. We will wait for it patiently. So... I put, be patient in, in the Lord, even though we don't understand. That's one thing we touched on in the Gods of War series a lot. A lot of times we tend to, you know, prioritize what's important to us. What's important to us. If, you know, things aren't going right, I'm just going to take it by the reins and I'm going to make it my own. And uh, we talked a little bit about backpack Jesus, having, you know, a whole lot of what we want, a little bit of Jesus. And uh, it's real easy to put Jesus in the backpack when things are running well and say, Lord, I'm going to take this. And I'm going to do things my way. And then we pull them out when things get out of control. And we say, Lord, please save us. And we put them right back. And uh, who are we going to have on the throne of our heart? Because ultimately God's got the better picture. God's got the fuller vision. I also put, we don't, um, I'm sorry about that. I put, he gives us hope. So that's something we can always promise, uh, or I mean, that's something we can always lean hard on is not only the fact that God's died for us and he's risen again and that promise is true, but the best is yet to come. There's hope for the future. That, like it's not a one and done deal like Jesus has died and resurrected, but there's still more to come. The deal is Jesus is still active. He's still working. There's still more to come from Jesus. And uh, so, and it says we need to wait patiently and Let's read verse 24 again. I, I just thought this was, so it says, For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? 
And uh, I just, I thought it was just a powerful statement. Um, you know, because if, if, if you have everything and you're always satisfied, then, then where's the need for, for Jesus? You know, I mean, if we were already saved, where would our need be for the Lord? If we were, and I, where does that apply to us today? I mean, we, we're talking about what the coronavirus has shut down. A lot of people lost jobs. You know, sports are taken away. Uh, traveling's been taken away. We, we, there's been a lot of things that we as Americans prioritize and idolize, and that's been taken away. And what well, now, now, now the vision's a little clearer. We realize that we need more to life than just this. We, we need more to life than just sports. We need more to life than just, you know, um, money and traveling and entertainment. And uh, I really think we've got a good chance for our nation to wake up and really grasp hold of the Lord. So, all right, let's move on to verses 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So, I put, we have the Holy Spirit's help, and God knows our hearts and our needs. The Bible also talks about God tending for the birds of the air. If not so much the birds of the air, I mean, if he's going to tend to the birds of the air, how much more do we mean to him than the birds? And, uh, again, it's easy to just get tunnel vision and focus on us. What do I, what do I need? What do I want? And try to take the steering wheel of our hearts and drive it ourselves. And ultimately it's the throne of God, you know, it's having God on the throne of our heart that is going to get us to a place that is ultimately, um, I'm losing the words, that is truly satisfying. Is that the right word? So, <laughs> um, and then also put God goes above and beyond to set us up for success. So let's talk about the spirit. So not only it, it would have been more than fair for Jesus to come and say, I'm bailing y'all out. Y'all messed up. I'm saving y'all. Y'all accept me and y'all figure out the rest. But I feel like God's gone above and beyond to set us up for success. And so he's given us the spirit. So um, to guide us, he intercedes for us in our prayers to the Father, and not only that, He's left us He's left us His written Word as well. So, really, given us a lot of tools to to just make this more practical, huh? Amen. The churches have an opportunity to reach out to more people due to reaching outside the four walls. How then do we reach people who are afraid and have suffered devastating loss? during this time of social distancing. Hang tight. We will come back to that. Let's get through the rest of this, and we'll, we'll address that. So, I lost my train of thought. We were talking about the Spirit. So, anyway, but we, we've got a very fair God. We've got a very just God, and uh, a God who sets us up for success and not failure. Verses 28 and 30. And... We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. 
For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. I know these tend to be some touchy verses, and um, I just simply put, God has God had a plan for us before he was born. He had a plan for us before, you know, our, our parents even thought about having us. So before we ever existed, God had a plan for us. Also, but he has a plan for us now. He's got a plan for us right now in the midst of this coronavirus. And then he's also got a plan for our future. And ultimately, it's to bring him glory. Verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I think that speaks for itself. And a lot of times we as Christians tend to limit ourselves. And, you know, this is too big. This is too much. This is too much more than I can handle. But we just talked about in previous verses about the Spirit. Uh about the Spirit being there and interceding for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And I feel like sometimes we as Christians just kind of, you know, I mean, we don't live life with that confidence. We don't live life with that promise in mind. And uh, we can't do it ourselves. And it's when we realize that we really trust on God that we get results and that, you know, we see God moving and we see God breaking out revival and moving in our communities Verses 32 through 36. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. And I think these last couple of verses really, really tie into what with what's going on in our community and then Easter being two days away. So anyway, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring uh, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies, who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died for um, Christ Jesus who died more than that, who raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. So, and I just thought, I thought those verses were encouraging. I mean, it, so they go through some of the things that people are worried about us facing now. It says hardship and trouble, persecution, talks about famine. We've got this coronavirus on. I got, I've talked to some people who are scared. You know, how are we going to get food? If, you know, what if the truck drivers stop driving? How are we going to get food? What if we face famine? If we're shutting off imports from other countries and like, how are we going to function as a society? And Christ's promise or Jesus promise and his sacrifice still stands in the midst of all of this. God's still in control. His promise is still true. There's still more to come. And he's still got a plan for our life, and he has not abandoned us. Verse 37. Know in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, 
neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then I just, I simply restated the verse. We are more than conquerors. We can go through life and live with confidence. And uh, provided we're living a life that's for Christ, we can walk through life with confidence knowing he has a plan and a purpose for us. And, and then it says, in all creation, we'll be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we have a father who, and I think this is another thing that the adoption thing does. It, it just, I know when I was younger, I'd go to my parents when I felt like I was in trouble. And it's the same relationship that we have with the Lord. We have a father who will come to bat for us. We have a father who will stand up for us. We have a father that will protect us and teach us and be with us. And, uh, yeah, that's just, it's just humbling to even think about. So, but nothing can separate us from the love of God. And it's just fitting with Easter right around the corner and everything that's going on in the midst of this. Let's dive into some application. Then we can stay on for another couple minutes. If anybody has any questions, we can go ahead and answer that before we cancel out the live feed. Are you okay with that? All right. So practical application. I wanted to... Just break down. I just wrote down a couple of bullet points of how we can apply this in our day to day lives. Um, I know a lot of times, like especially with me, you go to church, you hear a great sermon, and uh, it's easy to read scripture and go, "Yeah, man, that was spiritual. That was great," and uh, not apply it. So I thought I'd just break it down into a couple of bullet points. So I put number one: spread the word of God, and I think this may answer that question. Um, let's read it one more time. So the churches have an opportunity to reach out and do more out to, to more people due to reaching outside the four walls. How then do we reach people who are afraid and have suffered devastating loss during this time of social distancing? So, what's that? Just like Moses had to trust God throughout the 40 days and 40 nights. That's from Chris Sams. I think it's a great example. And uh, also, let's dive into some practical application. Outside the four walls, we're not in our big groups anymore, but we're still out and active in the community, even if it's in smaller portions or smaller doses. Um, what are some ways we could bless people? Think about everybody needs groceries. We're still going to grocery stores. We're still seeing people. Us as first responders, we're still seeing, we're still in contact with multiple people in the community, having a chance to witness to them, having a chance to pull them out of the potentially one of the roughest times of their life. And uh, so what better chance than to start spreading the word of God with the people we're interacting in day-to-day lives. A lot of us are still have the opportunity to work. Um, so spreading the word, I put number two, I put live for Christ with confidence. And uh, the passages we read have just elaborated on Christ being bigger than any obstacle, bigger than this virus, bigger than our economy. Uh, bigger than hunger, bigger than famine, bigger than any troubles we can face. And uh, I just put a little note under that that says it doesn't mean we go through life and uh, that Christ is our get-out-of-jail-free card and we can just go through life blazing. But that doesn't mean we go through life without caution. But we see a lot of people living a, world, living a life of fear right now as a result of the virus and 
you know, job statuses and stuff like that. So um, we see people putting their priorities on getting toilet paper, getting a lot of groceries, getting non-perishables, and just stocking up and hoarding. And the reality of it is that people don't make smart decisions when they're living a life of fear. We live cautiously and put our trust in the Lord and make smart decisions. And uh, number three, this ties into the question, I put check on our neighbors. How can we reach out to people? How can we check on people who have gone through devastating things? We talked about touching base with people we see in the grocery store. We talked about um, living a life of confidence. And uh, now I'm talking about reaching out to our neighbors. It could be a phone call. It could be a knock on the door. Um, we still got to be mindful of the social distancing. This virus is still serious. and But... Uh, it could be a phone call, it could be a Facebook message, it could be reaching out to our churches and say, you know, what's a way I could get involved? What's a way, you know, is there a donation I can make? Do you need food raised? How are we checking on our neighbors? So we're called to love our neighbors. So this is a really good chance for the churches, like the question said, to go outside the four walls and show the love of Christ. And then number four, this is one I struggle with personally, encourage others verbally. For those of y'all who know me and, uh, Y'all know I'm an expert on Matthew's opinion, and uh, I love to share my opinion. And uh, a lot of times, it's easy to get in the midst of a, a crisis, or in this instance, the pandemic, and not encourage people verbally. It's really easy to complain. It's really easy to, um, it, it's really easy just to tear other people down or just gripe about the situation you're in. I know at work we're down in sales and uh, people don't have overtime and it's really easy to get hung up on some of those. Um, but I think if we take a minute and encourage each other verbally and uh, let me see if I can find the verse real quick. I was reading in Isaiah. Okay. It's Isaiah 53 verses 6 and 7. And it says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned from his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, talking about Jesus, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. And uh, that just kind of hit home with me the other day. Like I said, it's easy for me to go out in the public and share Matthew's opinion. And uh, if a perfect God, Jesus, who came down to our world with so much sin and bared the weight of all of us, you know, I just think he set, set the example. He just set the stage right there, set the standard. And uh, what a prime example of being in the midst of persecution and being in the midst of hardship and still being able to keep his opinions to himself. So, anyway, we got any other questions or thoughts? So, uh, I hope everybody do, everybody's doing okay. I think most everybody has my number. For those of y'all who don't, I think I said this at the end of the last video. I'll say it again. Probably say it next time as well. But uh, if you got my number and you need anything, please reach out. Um, if not, hit me on Facebook or send it to the Fire Department Bible Study Group. And uh, we'll get back to you. Let us know if y'all got any neighbors or anybody who need anything. Our seniors who are alone need us more than ever. 
Just a simple five-minute phone call means the world to them, reassuring them that they aren't alone. And that's from Chris Sam. I think that's prime, I think that's a prime example of one thing we can do. And uh, I think it really hits home. Sometimes a phone call means the world to people. And uh, again, this this whole social distancing thing and doing things through technology uh, is different. It's different for a lot of people. And uh, but like I was talking to Jonathan, we had. Over 60 people view the last podcast video and uh, or the last webcast video and we typically only, you know, we have an attendance of 20 or 30 people. So in the midst of change and there being some technical difficulties, we've reached twice as many people as we would have meeting in person. And don't get me wrong, when we're able to meet in person, we'll still meet in person. But sometimes it's a phone call. We're just going to have to get creative. We still got opportunities to reach people in our community and uh, around the world with the uh, you know, with the encouragement and the good news of the Lord. So I encourage y'all, especially with Easter being around the corner, um, reach out to your neighbors, start sharing the word of God. And uh, like I said, it could just be as as simple as, you know, talking to somebody in the grocery line or, you know, passing somebody in the parking lot. Or like Chris said, just making a quick phone call, knocking on a door. And uh, so we still get a lot of opportunity to reach out and be active in our community, even in the midst of all this craziness. So, um, Jonathan, you mind closing us out and praying real quick? I'll turn the camera to you. Oh, yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've allowed us to reach out to our friends and our neighbors and share your word, God. Uh, we pray that you will be with each and every person um, that's with us tonight, and we pray that those that uh, weren't able to watch this live with us, that you will just let this message that we've heard tonight be a blessing to them whenever they hear it, God. Uh, let it serve your will. We ask that you would be with us as we go about our day-to-day -day lives. We ask that you would be with uh, the first responders, our state leaders, our local leaders, our national leaders. Just uh, give them the guidance and the wisdom that they need to help us take the right course during this uh, pandemic, God. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Like I said, y'all need anything, hit us up on Facebook or hit us up on a, via text or phone call. We'll be more than happy to help y'all out however we can. So if y'all have neighbors or uh, like Chris and my mom were saying, if y'all have some elderly people who are in need of something, please let us know. And uh, I know Jonathan and I in the past have done food packages for people. And um, so, yeah, just let us know if y'all hear anything or have any leads on anything, shoot us a call, give us some information. We'd be more than happy to reach out. So thank y'all. Keep in touch. See y'all later.